the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. In today's episode, you're getting a sneak peek into a live question and answer session from inside the Guild membership. Jim and Tyson joined Guild members to answer questions about our recent podcast series, Maximum Intake. Let's get to it. Well, we're excited to have Gary Falkowitz back with us. We're here in the Guild and we are here to take people's questions and to sort of give Gary a uh, check-in as to where we are now, probably three months after we've made those adjustments. Gary, I, I have to say that the show has been very, very well received. We've gotten tons of great feedback. What have you been hearing on your end? Have you heard much? Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, first of all, I agree. I've had a few people reach out to me wanting to know what the uh, special sauce was that I gave to you, that, that gave you uh, such great results. I've had a few conversations. I love, I'm more enticed by the fact that uh, law firms are beginning to, or some of them are beginning to understand how much can change from a revenue standpoint if they put a little bit more focus on the process they have in place on the front end of their business. I think, uh, and I don't want to go off on a tangent too much here, but I'll just say that what I'm constantly reminded of when law firms reach out to me is that they didn't necessarily prepare for what was required at intake to ensure that they're maximizing their ROI until they realize, oh my God, am I not doing it in an efficient manner? Am I not doing it in a way that allows me to sign the most cases I possibly can and to make the most money I possibly can, to help the most amount of people I possibly can. And I think it's usually something that hits them uh, you know, a little bit later than they, than they expected. Uh, and I'm glad that they're coming to the table now and, and trying to put some attention towards it like you did. So I think it's great. Well, the nice thing for us is that you really helped us identify what numbers we needed to be looking at. And and I want to tell you a couple of stories that I think really illustrate the value of what you taught me. We came out of the box once we switched to this program of having attorneys sort of on call as opposed to doing consults. And we were signing up a lot of cases. And then sort of the institutional bureaucracy around here just started slowing things down. And attorneys were starting to say, oh, I'm too busy to take that call or I'm too busy to take that call. And sort of so the things went down and down. And so then when we looked at our numbers, there is no doubt in my mind, having done this now for about two months since we stopped the plan or you know implemented the plan, 
The number one factor I can tell without a doubt is the, the quickness by which we get the person talking to an attorney. If the attorney isn't, if the, if the person is properly vetted, the questions are asked and they're screened. And we've been, we've been getting about 200 new contacts a, a week. We're, we've got about 85 that are cases that we could conceivably handle. And then, the, but the biggest hinge is whether the, they get them to that attorney qualified stage as quickly as possible. If there's a delay because we're calling them back or they're sending us documents, that's when the numbers just totally dive off the cliff. Yeah, I think what you're realizing, Jim, is that you may only get one bite at that apple uh, and you better be prepared uh, in every single uh, uh, meet, with every single means necessary to determine as soon as possible, is this something I want signed? Uh, and if it is, do I have a process in place to get it signed immediately? And anything that slows down the answer uh, to those questions, uh, it's only going to hurt your bottom line. And then the other thing, that I wanted to tell you. So I just did a consult or I did a call uh, earlier today and it was a very nice guy from Great Britain. And he actually, it's three cases. It's a naturalization case for him and his wife and his son, very straightforward case. And he told me, he said, Jim, just so you know, you're like the fourth lawyer that I reached out to. And he said, the first one, they said I had to pay to talk to that firm and they would credit it to me, but they were only going to charge me 1500 And I thought they weren't going to take it seriously for that fee. But um, I, I was sort of pissed that I had to pay to talk to that lawyer, which of course is the model that we used to have. Then he said, the next one, the attorney said that the, the paralegal said, well, the attorney can't talk to you until December, December, wow. December. So we're going to sign up that case. And that's going to be, like I said, three cases. So it just occurred to me on this day that I'm talking to you, that here we are proving the point yet again. That's amazing. You know, what I think happens is it's something called the fat cat syndrome. You know, this is syndrome. syndrome is where, and I'm not going to take credit for it because I've heard other people tell it to me and I, I just liked it. There are some attorneys out there that kind of get so, have become so successful and have met their goals that they get a little fat and lazy with respect to the processes they have in place because it's no longer a necessity. If, if we can all go back to that moment, and most of us have that moment, to that moment where we were desperate for cases, where we would stop whatever it was we were doing to take that new phone call. We wake up at 3.30 in the morning, pick up the phone call as if you were already wide awake. If we can go back to that moment where we were so hungry and we can somehow make that moment continue as we run our business, whether it's on a selfish basis uh, or, or with our team, um, that's going to result in more cases and happier clients. Uh, when clients realize, when they see it, and they do, we all see it, right? Imagine calling when you're going to, and I'm in the process right now. My car is, is due up for a lease. I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be finding another lease. Imagine calling a dealership and the guy says to me, you know what, I'm real busy right now and some other things, but I'll give you a call back next week and we can talk about your potential lease. I'm moving on. I have no time for this for this dealership, for this individual. They have to prioritize me, and I think claimants see it as well. So I think that uh, you have to uh, you have to prioritize your claimants. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right, and and you also have to be very strategic. And I mean, it's just so much better for us the way things are now. We've cut down the amount of attorney time from fifty hours a month to about eighteen hours a month. So it's really, it's really mind boggling. And the leads team, they're, they're plenty busy. So, and, and 
it's fun that they've become the funnest part of the office. Like the other people in the firm are jealous that they don't get to hang out with the lead team. Cause that's where the fun is. And the other thing is it looks like we're going to be promoting one of our lead team members. So it's a great farm system for finding people that you want to promote to like a lead to a paralegal or a, um, one of the people we're going to bring over into marketing. Awesome. That's great to hear. And guys, I apologize by the way, for the bad reception, uh, hopefully the, the volume and my voice is coming through clearly. I apologize for the picture is jumping in and out. Yeah, it sounds better now. So Gary, I'm going to take some questions from some of our guild members. Is that okay? Of course. All right, Brian, you're up, buddy. Go ahead. I've been struggling with this issue of trying to get something signed at the end of a call. Like Jim expressed in a couple of the podcasts, I've got this reluctance to try to do that. I feel like my contract is probably longer than it should be. And I feel like I don't want to pressure someone into signing it on the call, whether that's with an intake person or if they pass it over to me as a lawyer. I don't know. I guess I'm just struggling. I welcome input from both of you about how to get over that or whether that's in fact really necessary to try to, to get it done right then and there. Yeah. I'll start off, Jim, if that's okay. You're the expert. <laughs> I don't know about that. Brian, I think, um, we, and anyone else listening to this, we have to become more comfortable with the fact that this is still a business and there's still a sales mindset to this, no matter how difficult that might be to accept. You are competing. You're competing with other lawyers who are offering a similar service. And whatever you can do to distinguish yourself from your competitors, whether it's your offering, whether it's the people that you put in the telephones, whether it's the words you use, whether it's your experience, Whatever it is, the building you have, the suite you have, the connections you know, you've got to throw it all out there. One of those factors is, can you get that case signed immediately? Now, here's the thing, and I love this language. You need to tell a claimant that based upon everything you've told me, this seems like something we think we can help you out with, but we cannot begin our investigation for you. We cannot order a record. We cannot internally meet and start thinking about the ways we're going to get you money. We cannot take any steps on your behalf until you sign with my firm. I don't have permission to represent you yet. So I need that permission in order to take steps on your behalf. And the best way to do that from my experience, and I've represented dozens, hundreds, thousands of people, the best way to do it is to do it now so that when you hang up on this phone call, you know you're represented, and I can begin working on your case. Here's my biggest fear for you, Mr. Claimant or Mrs. Claimant. My biggest fear is you hang up in this call, you like what you heard, you see the document in front of you, and then life's uh, um, concerns and issues start to come through the window and take up your time, whether it's your kids, whether it's your job, whether it's uh, where you are uh, with your medical status. And all of a sudden, hiring a lawyer is no longer a top priority for you. And that's going to hurt you in the long run. So the faster we can move this onto my shoulders and off of your shoulders, the better you're going to sleep at night. And you got to be able to say things like that. I know it's sales pitchy, but it's actually true. I can't tell you how many, listen, right? I own a call center. We recently acquired by, by uh, internet brands right now. We work with uh, law firms throughout the country that are looking for, for instance, uh, motor vehicle cases, right? And that's something else that we're doing, which is fantastic. That's and, awesome. Uh, it is. And what I keep telling um, our clients is that you don't have the luxury of time. Claimants might think they have the luxury of time, but they don't. And there are plenty of times where a claimant calls up 
and it's too late. A lawyer can't help anymore, whether it's due to the statute of limitations, whether it's due to the fact that they hired another lawyer for two years, whatever it is. So we do, Brian, sorry, I got, I went off a little far there, but we do have to be comfortable with the sales mentality of what this is. We do have to make sure they understand we want to get started immediately and we can't start without you signing that doc. Thanks, Gary. Yeah. Brian, do you have any other questions for Gary? Uh, uh, not right now, but Jim, I'd be curious to hear what you ended up doing um, in terms of the, the documents issue. So I'm sort of sheepish to admit in front of my mentor that we, uh-huh. aren't, oh, sorry. we aren't actually signing people up on that call very often. It happens, but usually what happens is the lead team calls them back right away and they do it that way. We're not doing that transfer back to the leads team, mostly because most people just technologically can't get the contract up on their phone that quickly. But just the fact of having dedicated t- people following up that day, the next day, the day after, that's that's been enough to improve us by 50%. And Jim, I, I promise you'll be there soon enough. So I have all yeah. the world in you. Well, we did. We did. That's funny that you say that, Gary, because we have modified, we're changing our contract software. So now it's going to be much easier where they can just boom, boom, boom. So I'll say something else, which is really important to, to, to Brian's point in question. You know, I witnessed uh, a company signing um, tens of thousands of cases. And when we looked at the statistics, once you get past the first day from when you realize a claimant qualifies and you speak with them, the odds of signing that claimant are reduced significantly, significantly. Your best shot is on the first within 24 hours which obviously means that you're bet, you know, an even better shot is on the first call. So all ever, whoever's listening to this, you have to understand that when you have a qualified claimant on the telephone, your goal should be to not let them hang up until they become a client. Gary, I'm going to kick it over to Heather Ford in just a minute to see if she has a question. But um, And Devin, I'm not sure if you have a question, but if you do, just let me know somehow. But we had a younger guy on, uh, Tyson and I were talking to yesterday, and we, we spent a lot of time talking about, and he's an estate planning lawyer, talking about like in, the, in that consult, what's, what's your secret or advice on how to make a connection to the claimant or the potential client as quickly as possible? Like there, there has to be some personality infused or some connection, I think, in order for them to really want to sign up. What, what advice or tips do you have for that? Yeah. Familiarity of the circumstances. I mean, at the end of the day, you want so you you're going to hire somebody who hears your situation and understands exactly what you're going through, what the challenges are, what the recommendations should be, how long the process should take. If you if you're the lawyer that says, "Huh, that's interesting. I haven't heard of that one before." All of a sudden, the payment's thinking, uh, "Maybe this isn't the right lawyer for me." Right? So you've got to be able to say, "Mr. Jones, I know exactly what you're referring to," and at this point. I bet you're being posed with the following issues. And they go, yeah, yeah, I am. Right. Let me tell you how we do this. You have to understand. So I'll tell you a quick story. It's a, most of, all of my stories are true. Most of my stories have, I try to bring into intake. I broke my cell phone three or four years ago, and I couldn't figure out whose fault it was. Was it Verizon or Apple? And I, I kept calling each one. And, uh, but every time I called Apple, their technician would say to me, oh, I see the problem you're having. Yeah, we deal with that problem all the time. Now, he was bullshitting because it took him months to figure out what the issue really was. But the fact that he said that gave me pause and allowed me to be patient with him while trying to figure out how to resolve it. If he said to me, huh, never seen that before, 
I would have been so alarmed and bothered and maybe go somewhere else. So you've got to be able to tell that claimant, I get you. I know what you're going through. I know the challenges. I can help you. Hey guys, it's Becca here. I'm sure you've heard Jim and Tyson mention the Guild on the podcast and in the Facebook group. That's because we're seeing some really exciting things happening with Guild members and their businesses. The Guild is this perfect mix of a community, group coaching, and a mastermind. Inside, you'll gain support, tap into a network of connections, and continue learning, a common theme among successful entrepreneurs. There are so many benefits inside the Guild, including weekly live events and discounts to all Maximum Lawyer events. Head over to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash the Guild to check out all of the benefits and watch a few testimonials from current members. Investing in a community is like the self-care of business ownership. Being in a community with other people who get it is crucial when you're creating a rock-solid foundation to build your business on, one that's strong enough to withstand setbacks, transitions, and growth. So head to MaximumLawyer.com and click on the Guild page to join us. Now, let's get back to the episode. All right, let's kick it over to Heather. Heather, this is Gary Fakowitz. Gary, this is Heather Ford. She's a um, traffic and criminal defense lawyer down in New Orleans. Hey, Heather. Hey, Gary, how are you doing? The thing I've been struggling with a little bit is like I have gone from being like a complete solo to having like a full-time VA. And I'm starting to wonder if I've allowed my intake process to be a little too clunky. If you had called like, you know, six months ago, I have an answering service, so you can't call me directly, but you can call the answering service. I'll call you back. We might we'll talk for a couple of minutes and I could have an invoice sent out to you within three minutes of us talking. Um, but now the way it works is because I'm trying to take myself out the process is depending on the time of day, you'll get the answering service. If you're, if you're calling outside of my regular business hours, then my assistant will, will give you a call back. She does have like a, a pricing matrix. So like depending on where your ticket falls, she can't quote you right there on the phone and say, and if you say yes, we'll, we'll, we'll get an invoice for now. But if it's a unique case, then she has to come back to me. We have to talk about it. And then, and then she has to go back and talk to that person. And I'm just wondering, like, is there a better way to do this? So even am I making a mistake pulling myself out of this process? You know, like, you know, should I be more involved in signing people up and maybe looking to have some, maybe focus on having somebody else handle some of the cases because, you know, I sign people up pretty, you know, I do a pretty good job with signing people up once I get them on the phone. So I would just love some feedback or some thoughts on that. Yeah, I got, I have feedback and some questions. First and foremost, you need, everyone needs to, and I'll answer this, Heather, for you as well as for anyone else who might be in a, in a similar situation, whether they do traffic or criminal defense or not. Everyone needs to know what cases they want and what cases they don't, right? We don't, we don't have the, the, the uh, ability, we should not have the ability to accept everything or consider everything and sit on everything and investigate everything prior to retention. We really need to understand that uh, when a claimant signs the retainer or, or, or pays uh, an invoice, they now, 99% of the time, they are committing themselves to you and they're not even looking elsewhere. So the goal is really, uh, how fast can we get someone to commit themselves, to dedicate themselves to us, so we're not competing with anybody anymore. So to do that, and to not waste resources, you need to figure out what is the type of case you want, and let's categorize them. Let's put a criteria on each type of case, whether it's a DWI, whether it's a, a red light, stop sign, whether it's 
something more serious. Now, we have to know exactly what meets that criteria, what doesn't. Now, not, not only do we need to know that, the people that we're putting in place at intake to make those decision, decisions, they need to know that as well. And we have to authorize them to make those decisions. The last thing we want to do is tell one of our, uh, our teammates, hey, here are the questions to ask. Then tell that claimant you'll give them a call back. Share the information with me. I'll tell you my thoughts. And then let's call them back, right? Because by that time, they may have gone somewhere else. But the question here, one of the questions you need to figure out, everyone needs to figure out, is what's the risk factor in signing somebody you ultimately don't want to represent. So in personal injury cases, and on our retainers, we have, uh, most of us should and do have a paragraph that says we're sign being signed up for investigative purposes only. And that we have 30 or 60 or 90 days to reject the case and communicate to the claimant that we can't help. So the risk associated with signing somebody up immediately is probably very limited, given that we are not going to uh, spend much money or resources uh, on that retained client, and we should make a decision pretty quickly after retention whether we want whether we want to move forward. You have to figure out the same thing for your type of cases. Uh, and if the risk is not high, you know, I know some people, for instance, Heather, that will not have an invoice. What they'll do is they'll sign a claimant on a limited retainer that has no cost to it just to do a basic investigation and just to get in the claimant's mind that they shouldn't look elsewhere. And then... After that 24-hour investigative period where you sign them on a, on a limited retainer, once you decide, yeah, yeah, we want this case. This is, this is a good case. We can help them out. We can get you know, paid for this. Then get them signed up and, and send an invoice out. What you don't want to do, what you want to be careful about, is keep keeping someone out there that you want for too long without having them sign up. And whatever that process is specifically for you, one, one idea that came to my mind when you were speaking was, your answering service should have that criteria as well. And this way, if they know it's a qualified case, and by qualified, I mean somebody you'd like to represent. If they know that it's a qualified case, they should be warm transferring that call to you so that you or someone on your team, it doesn't have to be you, you or someone on your team can get that case signed up immediately because I hate getting an answering service message for a case that looks like a good case. And then I can't get in touch with that claimant ever again. They're not picking up their phone. The phone doesn't work, right? So we really have to, whether it goes to the answering service or not, we need a process in place whereby a qualified case gets handled appropriately and immediately. Does that help at all? It does, and I guess my only struggle with it is, is the figuring out, like, you know, the cost balance of doing that. Because the PI, I mean, those are cases that are very valuable. You can afford to spend money on intake, right? But it, it, traffic is just at a different level. So again, like, like I said, I have somebody available where they can call in 24 hours and maybe that's something I can investigate with my answering service to see, could they just sign somebody up? I've never asked them to do that before, but I guess I've always just been, you know, curious to be like, how do I find that balance with like pricing to be able to afford to have somebody to do that, you know, when I'm kind of a, you know, low ticket, high volume kind of practice. Have you already created something digitally whereby if they meet a certain criteria, they don't need to speak to anybody and you could just send them an invoice and sign them up? Yes, I have a, I have a pricing matrix. So I went through and took like, you know, my top, you know, cases that I get and, and did like, you know, if, if this, 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 then this is the price point. And um, so I do have that in place where, 
you know, you can make a call on the vast majority. The only cases where I'm kind of a little leery sometimes where I want to talk about it is some, sometimes the accident cases, but they have a CDL that can sometimes be a little bit touchy. But for those other people I do have for like the, my, like, cause my poor sweet spot cases are like speeding tickets, right? And um, so I do have like, you know, a matrix where somebody can just say, you can make a call. Even my current um, VA, she, you know, she quotes most of the cases, but still, like I said, it just feels clunky because it used to be, you talked to me and it was done. You know, like, like I said, I, we could go from having a conversation to you being like paid in five minutes. And compared to that, it's definitely not as, as that smooth anymore, you know? Yeah, I, I get it. And I think that you need to, you need to figure out for you with your answering service, which cases justify getting you in the telephone? Which cases justify sending out an invoice immediately? Like a speeding ticket, you might say, you might have simple questions. How many, you know, how many points or how many miles per hour over the limit was the speeding ticket for? And if they say anything over 30, you know that that might be a higher value case for you because you could charge more because it's more points that they're looking at. And, and maybe that results in a live transfer to you where if it's eight or 12, maybe you say, you know what, I'll take the message on that and I'll call back when I can, or maybe I'll just send them an email. So I think you have to have different tiers of when your attention is required versus when anyone's attention uh, is required. Good stuff. Thanks, Heather. Devin, do you have any questions for Gary? Just so you know, Gary, um, she loved the podcast. She was telling me all the time how great it was. And she put in the notes here. I don't know if you saw it, that it was the most valuable podcast that she had for her practice. So here she is. Go ahead, Devin. Hey, Gary, I actually don't have any questions right now, um, but thanks for putting together. It was great. I'm, you know, I'm a family law practice, so I don't know if that gives you any other insights um, because it's not quite like we can jump into an investigation. Um, But if you have any thoughts as to how you might implement things differently for a family law practice, and I think it's more similar to an immigration type practice, but it has its unique things where people really want to make that emotional connection. A little bit more so if you have any ways that you might change for family law practice i'd love to hear that yeah and, and thanks for the thanks for the nice comments as well Devin. i guess my question to you is what you know what challenges are you having right now at intake with respect to the family law practice i think my issue is really identifying the ideal client and have the right person come into the door because we get so many people who call but just aren't in a position to invest financially in their cases and i'm like looking at my numbers and i know now, which cases are the cases that we make money off of and which don't, because I've been better about my data collection over the past year. And so we're just really identifying that. But I think it's asking the right qualifying questions. So we're not keeping people on the phone too long, but the people who will sign are feeling heard and serviced quickly. Yeah. And what, what process do you have right now to have, to have a claimant who might qualify sign up with you? So we're kind of, we're in a similar position, I think, to where Jim was. So we were doing the whole, you get an appointment and my way of just controlling my schedule was like, you know, you might not get an appointment until a month later and it's going to cost you money and I may or may not take your case, which can, which can be a nice filter to avoid people who don't have the right patient personality I want to work with. And it shows that they're willing to pull their credit card out to pay for a consult but it wasn't a perfect way to qualify the clients. So right now, as I try to transition into a direct to attorney transfer, which is hard because I'm a two attorney practice, um, you know, to get on the phone with me and I'm out of court. So got to figure that out. What we're doing right now is people get sent a booking link, but my intake person calls and is like, Hey, I'm here to save the day. We want to talk to you about your case. 
or they get live trains for that person from Smith and that person, if they seem like they're a great client, it's like, I'm going to work you in. I'm going to find some time for you to speak with the attorney before her next availability in a month. So mm-hmm. that's what we're doing now. Yeah. I mean, certainly you're realizing uh, one of the inefficiencies yourself. You don't need me to tell you that. I would say this, I would say as you seek improvements with your practice, uh, note that regardless whether it's family law practice, immigration, personal injury, criminal defense, uh, note that when someone calls a, a law firm, they are really hoping to get a resolution as soon as possible. Not necessarily a resolution to their case, although they really are, but that's unrealistic 99% of the time. But they're hoping to get someone to comfort them and take over the responsibility of the challenges that lie ahead as soon as possible. Now, a lot of times, as we all know in our practices, the majority of the calls that come in are not people we can help with uh, for whatever reason. It could be it's too little a case, it's not a case at all, or they already have counsel, whatever it is. And we need to figure out, regardless of what you do, whether it's Devin or, or Heather or anybody else, we need to figure out, okay, what's how, how can we determine whether it's something we want immediately? And if it is something we want immediately, how can we go from potential client to client as fast as possible? And if we could somehow come up with a system, whether it's with an answering service, our intake specialist, our paralegal, a secretary, ourselves, we need a system so that we're not leaving any potential clients out there to be taken by somebody else. Because it is a business. It is a competition. And, And I think that as much as you might be the best family law attorney, uh, you know, on, on this side of the Mississippi. But at the end of the day, they don't, how good you are may not be as important a factor as how fast you can sign them. And I know that's, I know that's silly and it sounds so simplistic, but the reality is like, we've got to get them in to do a real investigation, right? If we could separate a, a, uh, a superficial investigation from a formal investigation and we could decide that if they meet our superficial investigation criteria, then it's worth signing, knowing that we may have to throw them out if we can't help them after we sign them, then we got to take that risk. But we can't, I'm nervous for you, Devin, because I hear a month later and I'm thinking they must hang up on you and call somebody else. And you might be the best. You might be the only person on TV. If you're on TV or on the radio, it doesn't matter. They want to move that from their shoulders to somebody else's as fast as possible. And whatever you can do to limit the investigation, to go through criteria, to make decisions uh, all as fast as possible, that's only going to help you at the end of the day. Yes, you can assign some cases that aren't worth anything or you can't help with. Of course you are, and that's part of the game. Uh, But I I just want everyone, including you, to understand that uh, the more we, even though we could be wonderful people and wonderful helpers, the more we leave a claimant out there, to be signed by somebody else, the more money we're leaving out there for our business. Awesome. Well, Gary, you've been very generous with your time, both with me and with the community. I think that everyone's gotten a ton out of it. I hope that you get some new clients out of it. I think that it's changed the way I spend my week. So I'm, I'm very appreciative of it. And I think that to the extent that anybody has any of those mental barriers, you can just listen to the first three episodes. I was fighting like a stuck pig, trying to not do all the things that Gary was saying, but I couldn't be happier than where things are now. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Jim. Thank you, everybody. Uh, I, I will I'll tell you that I'm always available. If you have any, if you just want to talk intake, uh, I, I love to talk about this subject. And uh, I think the biggest challenge for me, if I was going to leave everybody off with one, one tip, it's, uh, it's understanding that uh, we can save some of our investigation until later. 
Uh, we don't have to be 100 for 100 for the cases we sign that have to get us money. It's okay to sign some cases and make a decision thereafter that it's not something we can help out with. Don't worry about that. Worry more about the fact that there might be another attorney out there who does what you do, maybe not as good as you, but does what you do, and and, uh, and they want that same client that you're talking to. So with that understanding, what can you do better and distinguish yourself from your competition? Gary, um, just real quick, how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, I mean, you could uh, email me, Gary at intakeconversion.com. I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm sure you've seen me uh, on the internet. Just Google Gary Falkowitz. I'm there. You'll see me around. Thanks, brother. Take care, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.